Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another action-packed episode. It's a warring to attitude. When you know I come to a warring to attitude, I do not come alone. I am your host, Brent Piles. And with me, as always, is my partner in crime from across the ocean and from the future. He is the barroom brawling disco dancing night in my stretching intercontinental playboy. Folks, he's more over than $5,000 shirts with no sleeves. It's that G.A. Rolson, Glenn Abbott. Glenn, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Is that how much the rock shirt was then? That's that's what he used to say back in the day. He would say it's the Rock's five thousand dollars shirt. So I I was assuming that that's how much it cost. That's how much it was. In... But with inflation, it's no, probably like a ten thousand dollars. I was going to say it looked more than it looked more than five thousand because that was more of a vest than a shirt. Yeah, I guess he just. It looked more like something a genie would wear. It it looked like something Kazam wore. Shaq wore in the yeah. movie Kazam. You're right. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that flick, Glenn? Because because I haven't seen that one yet. No. Well, don't go back and watch it. <laughs> it's a good movie, like if you're a child watching it, but as an yeah. adult, yeah, not so not so much. No. Um watch any football this weekend, Glenn? Yeah. Quite a bit, actually. Yeah, same seas. Some of it was quite entertaining. And that was not so. Um sorry, Dad. Liverpool winning for us is not entertaining. No, sorry. Sorry, Dan. Half the Arsenal team scoring without conceding a goal is entertaining. Very entertaining. <laughs> I like it when they start the who put the ball in the burly net, who put the ball, everybody, half the team put the ball. Yeah. Half the team team. Maybe you can help me with this, Glenn. I was watching Luton Town play Manchester United, yes. right? And every time Luton Town goes out for a corner or they get a big play, the fans start yelling something that to my ears sounds like that'll do that'll work, that'll work, that'll work, but I know that's not what it is. I think that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> not sure, but I think that's what it is. I think they're trying to wheel the ball into the net. Okay. I I really, really enjoy watching Luton Town play. Who knows what the these teams at the bottom of the league do to try and get all win. Yeah, that's true. They were unlucky, though. They were unlucky, yes. I mean, they, from what I watched, and I watched everything but the first fucking few minutes, which was when everything happened, when it was, when they went up. <laughs> yeah. I think United scored, it scored two in eight minutes. The same guy scored two in eight minutes, and then they came back and scored one. It all happened within the first, like, 15 minutes or something like it that. It did. It did. So I saw none of the goals, but to to my eyes, I thought Luton was the far better side. They got very unlucky that they couldn't get the ball in the back of the net, mm-hmm. but. I don't know what it is about that team, Glenn, but I really enjoy watching them play. They're a good team. It's just a shame that they don't get any luck. They don't get the breaks when they need them. Also, one of our younger players is on a loan for them, right, Glenn? I don't remember his name, but one of the younger Arsenal players is on a loan for Luton Town. He was playing yesterday. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't remember his name, but... I can't either, but yeah. Yeah, so... I used to say Brentford was my second favorite team, obviously, because my name's Brent. Um... (laughs) But now I'm going with Luton Town because I I don't know. Every time they're on, I'm like, yeah, I got to watch Luton Town play. They never win, but I, I love watching them play. And then uh, for the first time in your life, Glenn, you were probably you're rooting on Chelsea. I've never cheered as much when Ch- Chelsea scored. When that Raves early goal winning. I was basically just cursing out both teams. <laughs> it's your fault, babe. Like Holland, I Holland, I hate your stupid hair. De Browner, I hate your face. Palmer, get a get a different haircut. Your haircut's stupid. Sterling, <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Definitely your fault, then. It wasn't like quite you. enough on the Chelsea side. You were sort of leveling it out. So. Yeah, 
Well, I was I was doing it to both sides. I hate both teams equally, but I did. I would have much rather saw Chelsea win, but a one to one tie works too because they still drop points. So that's all that matters, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Three would have been better than two, though. Yeah, because now even if if City wins tomorrow, they're still going to overtake us for second, unfortunately. And I don't, I don't foresee them losing their match too. I don't remember if they play, but it's some lower level team that I can't see them losing it. Um, but we've got Champions League on Wednesday, Glenn, so that should be fun. And that is why we're doing what we're doing today. That's right. That, I mean, and because I had some extra time today because I didn't have to work. But yeah. And there's also a, week, uh, a busy week of football, which is a good thing. Yes, I always love it when there's some football. And they do this thing on Paramount over here where, where if there's two Champions League games on at once, they do like a mega cast and they put both games up and then they right. switch the audio back and forth, like depending on who's got the more exciting action happening. And I really like that. They tend to do that on Sky at the end of the season. If there's a big game where a team needs to win, or there's two teams playing other teams that need to win to stay up or win the league or whatever, oh, they'll yeah. switch between the games. Makes sense. Happen. That makes sense. They kind of do that with football here if teams are fighting for playoff positions and yeah. kind of jump around. Um, but, you know, it's, I think it's time to stop talking about football, Glenn. I think it's time to start talking about the wrestling. What do you think? I think so, yeah. All right, so this week's episode... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, in, in uh, with current wrestling, it's been a bit of a quiet week after last week, hasn't it? A little bit, yeah. After last week, it has been a little bit quiet. If you want to hear us talk about current wrestling, we'll have a show that's probably already out right now. I don't even know. I think we're just going to keep calling this show British Oddballs. Yeah. We, we, we're going to talk a little current wrestling, and then we're going to watch a weird British old British wrestling match that Glenn has found with us. So that's probably already out right now. So if you want to hear us talk more about the rocks, $5,000 sleeve his shirt and yeah. then making fun of all the fans in Utah that popped me through the ceiling. Um, <laughs> listen to that show. Um, now let's yeah. go back to 97 talking about the rock. Now. Yes. Now we're talking about 97 rock. We did see him on the show a little bit. This show took place from, uh, Albany, New York at the Knickerbocker Arena. It was September 29th, 1997. Now, I don't need to tell you about this arena, Glenn, because I've talked about it before. Go back to episodes one and two of Warring to Attitude. Both of those episodes took place from Knickerbocker Arena. So, mm -hmm. and so I see where the Knicks play. No, the Knicks, I don't think ever played there. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Knicks always played at Madison Square Garden, but so I don't know why it was called the Knickerbocker Arena. I think it's called like the MVP Arena now or something like that. Yeah. He's bold jazzy. And no, they didn't um they didn't name it after Montel Vontavious Porter either. <laughs> or maybe they did. I don't I don't fucking know. Um, he's not been on telly lately. He's too busy running that arena. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Omos too. Omos is the head yeah. of security. Yeah, that makes sense. So the show opens with a video package showing, you know, everything that Austin's done over the last few months, stunning everyone, you know, and they say that tonight he will face Vince McMahon and find out his fate. Um, <laughs> and then, so the show opens and they bring HBK down to the ring. He's got Hunter China and Rick Rude with him. The first thing that Vince asks is he asks Rude, who's he here with? Is it Shawn Michaels or Hunter? And Rude says, you know, I stick to the rules of confidentiality, Glenn. Uh, I mean, Vince, not Glenn. And, you know, with Austin running around here with all the stuff going on, you might need some insurance. So why don't you give me a call? Uh, he tells him. And then he leaves. You think, you, I was going to say, do you think that that was a dig at Vince, that he wouldn't pay him what he wanted? So he went to WCW. Could be. I didn't think of that at the time, but very well could be. I think Rick Rude, too's contract was like, I think they had him on like a uh, 
like a week to week thing. I don't even think he was under contract like full time. I think it was like a week to week thing. Yeah, but he when his full time contract came up, then they put him on a week to week thing while they were negotiating. But they could never ever get to the point where they could they'd give him enough money. So of course WCW at this time throwing around money like there's no man with no arms said, Go come to us. Here's a big suitcase full of money. Yeah, here's a million dollars a year, even though you can't wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> it probably wasn't a million, but still it's probably like five hundred thousand, seven fifty. Something yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, some exorbitant amount. Yeah. So then HBK comes down to the ring. Um, he, he he refers to Hunter as Triple H for the first time. I don't think we've heard him called this Triple is, H. This is this is so DX. This is uh, uh, basically they're they're the faction with no name, but they're a bunch of degenerates. You've got Triple H and the HBK. Yeah. <laughs> and for like when I remember watching this as a child, I mean as a teenager. I felt like they got into being called DX a lot sooner, but they haven't yet. They haven't even referred to them as DX. So no. we're still waiting. They're for that. They've only been going for a week. A couple of weeks. I mean, yeah, and they've, been, they've been hinting at being together since the night after SummerSlam, I think, too. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he tells Triple H that he's he wants him to unload on the WWF because he knows he's been waiting to do it. So. Let's hear Triple H unload. What do you think? Yes, please. Oops. Hold on. I'll get it right. The World Wrestling Federation and Vince McMahon. You've always been afraid of clicks, haven't you? Well, this is one click that you are never going to break up. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, China. HBK. Now, I've been sitting back for a couple of years while you and the World Wrestling Federation have spread your legs like some cheap whore for all the so-called superstars of the World Wrestling Federation. When oh, let's face it, you know as well as I do, you got a little something on your ear there. You know as well as I do that none of them, not one of them, could lace my boots. And my good friend just pointed that out to me. So now, instead of sitting back and letting you try to run things and waiting for my break, I am now taking it in my hands. And there is no stopping us now. Vince doesn't like clicks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even though all of you got pushed to the moon. Hints are all... The, all the hints are there. It's just putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. I mean, the one of the... The one guy, I guess, who could have a gripe, I guess, is Triple H, because he kind of got the hammer brought down on him for the whole, you know, curtain call thing, and he kind of yeah. take had to take the, all the brunt of that one, which, let's be honest, Triple H is the low guy on the totem pole at that point. It wasn't yeah. his fucking idea, yeah. but somebody had to hold the bag, and it was going to be him. Him, yeah. <laughs> certainly wasn't going to be sure. Yeah, no, it wasn't going to certainly wasn't going to be sure. <laughs> because Vince knows if, she, if he tried to punish Sean, Sean would have just said, well, fuck you. Yeah. That's exactly, he would have just said, well, fuck you then. That's exactly what he would have done. So <laughs> you, know, you know how much WCW just gave Rick Rude? They're going to give me twice that. Bye-bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, 
He then goes on to say Undertaker will be lucky to make it to Hell in a Cell. Sergeant Slaughter then makes his way down to the ring. He gets on the mic. Hunter and, and Hunter and, and Sean are doing the whole block your face because he's spitting all over him thing. <laughs> which they'll really get into as in the weeks coming. They really start to do that. Um he, he tells Triple H that he will be facing the Undertaker tonight. In fact, he orders Triple H to face the Undertaker tonight. Um, Bret Hart's music then hits. More bad news for uh, Hunter and Triple H as Bret says that they got more problems than just the Undertaker because they crossed the line with the Hart Foundation and they will pay for their crimes. And then Hunter and, and Sean are looking back and forth at each other like a couple of dumbasses. Uh, but I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple before that, Vince tells... Hunter, that he's going to face the Undertaker tonight. Yeah, I Slaughter told him. I Slaughter told him, which seemed to uh, sort of calm him down for about ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then they show the back door of the arena. This thing they'll keep doing to you know is Austin here yet? They're waiting for him to arrive. Um, then they show us some more footage of the of the the Bulldog Shawn Michaels match with one night only. They show more of Shawn Michaels running down the fans in England, running down Bulldog and the hearts after the match. Um, they say HBK might be proud of this, but the WWF isn't, they said. Then we get a go back to uh, recapping one night only as if it wasn't bad enough for Davy Boy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they needed to show it anymore. You know what no, I mean? No, especially when he's just about to come out. Yeah, when he's next up, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll just throw more dirt on this guy. The British Bulldog battled Vader. Um, Bulldog's still favoring the knee on the way out to the ring. They talk about how he doesn't have his knee brace because, you know, Shawn Michaels took his knee brace off and he hasn't been able to get a new one yet. And correct me if I'm wrong, Glenn, but when you get a knee brace, they don't strap it to you there at the doctor's office and tell you, okay, you can never take this off or else you'll never be able to put it back on again, right? No, no never. I didn't think so. So I didn't understand that whole that whole thing. And well, the whole this whole thing, this whole shebang, I didn't understand. You've got that going on with Davy. You've got Jr. trying to sell that Vader may have jet lag from a trip to Japan and might be worn out. I don't know when he went to Japan, but this is a taping, so he, he should have had enough time to recover from jet lag. And he just was in fucking England, so yes, yeah. And wasn't he on Raw last week? I think he was, yes. When the fuck did he go to Japan? And another <laughs> thing, y'all told me that Ken Shamrock is too hurt to wrestle, but somehow he had an MMA cage match with Vader in Japan? Eh, so... <laughs> I'm like, what? what is happening? <laughs> Vader's flying around the world more than fucking Taylor Swift. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Anyway, um... I thought this was, I know this may sound terrible, but this was the best match on the show, even though it wasn't that long yes. or that good. Yeah, yes and no. I will make my comment. Oh, I will say no for now, and okay. I will explain myself when the, the aforementioned match that I will say yes to comes up. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, it was hard-hitting and physical at, at first. The Bulldog showed some of his power. He, he, like, caught Vader coming off the middle rope with a power slam. He then, like, uh, clothesline him over the top rope, took him to the outside. He picked him up and like did like a front face lock, picked him up and dropped him across the guardrail. It's pretty impressive for you know a, a guy, you know Bulldog doing that to a guy Vader size. Now that we haven't seen Bulldog do a lot of feats of strength, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> the trouble with this is they're working all right, 
and then all of a sudden, Davy gives a gives Vader a back suplex. Vader basically no sells that, so he tries one of his butt squashes, splashes that Davy avoids. Right. And then they go to a break, and they come back, and there's a chin lock on. So obviously they've got the nod that there was a break. Oh, we can't just stand around like. No, uh, um, watch. Oh, we just have a little rest hold, shall we? Yeah, yeah. And that was like a weird cut too, because like it felt like the commentators were in mid sentence. They were. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking at an advert for Sprytex medicated pads. All of a sudden, <laughs> it was really weird. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then Vader takes Bulldog out. He drops him across the guardrail. Like I said, not not a bad match, uh, but unfortunately, it ends like a lot of these matches. And Vader looks for a Vader bomb, but then, of course, all the hearts hit the ring, and they attack Vader. Um, they really start working Vader over. They put the figure four on the ring post. Finally, I don't know where the Patriot was at. Yeah. Took him long enough to get down here. This is my issue with this. You've got Vader against the Bulldog. Let them fight and come up with an ending. Why have all the nonsense of the Heart Foundation running in, beating up Vader, and then the Patriot coming in as if he's going to make a difference to the whole of the Heart Foundation? Right. Yeah. It's just a, it, it. It just it annoys me that there's just so many no finishes at this time. Let a match breathe once in a while. Yeah, see, like, I, I typically um, don't really worry about finishes to matches. As long as it makes sense, I'm okay with it. But when you do it, when you have five matches on your show and four of them in in a DQ smosh, yeah. then at that point, I do have a problem with it because you're doing it too often. That is exactly it. Um, so, yeah, they they do the same thing to Patriot. They put his they put him around the ring post, give him the figure four. They basically beat the crap out of these guys and then lay the Canadian flags over them because they will be having a flag match at Bad Blood, uh, which, oh boy, I can't wait for that, Glenn. <laughs> Vader, just the guy I want the flag match. You would, you would think that by now... The, the hearts are realizing the writings on the wall. Davy's already been screwed over in England. Yeah, they're now giving them a feud between with a, a sort of a mid card feud with Vader and the Patriot. It just baffles it, it, it beggars belief when you've got the likes Owen Hart, Bret Hart, the British Bulldog, and they're involved in stupid things like this. And Bret Hart as the WWF champion is kind of an afterthought to yeah. the Undertaker Shawn Michaels feud or anything that's really going on with Shawn Michaels feud because they're pushing that more to the forefront. Yeah, um, they should be better off keeping the bloody title on the Undertaker. I would agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that. They then show a video hyping up how you can buy the home video for one night only, Glenn, for nineteen ninety nine plus six bucks shipping and handling. Um, but I want to remind people, it doesn't have the best match on the show. They cut the best match on the show out of it. <laughs> I don't know why, but they did. Yeah, people uh, saw that. After paying all that money, saw that match for the first time in, in America when the network started up. Most of us probably were like, I'm not going to watch that show. It sucked. I bought the tape. And it was awful. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because I didn't know Undertaker match existed. No. <laughs> um, 
Literally, I didn't know about it until I listened to fucking something to wrestle with when they covered it. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even know that Bret Hart and Undertaker had a match that night. What the fuck? Um, hmm. We then get into a match we feel like we've seen 500 times, Glenn. It's Farouk versus Ahmed Johnson. This is supposed to be for the Intercontinental title tournament. This tournament has been... Uh, so I'll just say it, shit. Yep. <laughs> From beginning to end, it's been absolute crap. Yeah, whatever the plan they had got thrown out the window because Ken Shamrock got injured, um, yeah. but not injured enough to still be able to fight fucking Vader in a cage in Japan, apparently. Yeah, Farouk against Armin Johnson in the semifinal says it all, really. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, so they, they tell they show us so Farouk's got the whole nation with him, so of course Ahmed brings LOD and Ken Shamrock out with him. Uh, Ahmed John's hand is all bandaged up from his announce table injury last week. They say he got a lot of stitches and no, now doesn't have any feeling in his ring or pinky finger because he's Ahmed Johnson. Yep. And he has to be injured. Yeah, he wouldn't know how to work if he wasn't injured. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They fumble around a little bit. Farouk's working on his hand. They go to the outside of the ring. Ahmed starts hitting him with the steps. The referee gets out there to stop him. Ahmed takes that opportunity to smack the referee in the face, get himself yeah. disqualified. So our second DQ finish of the night, and Farouk's on to the finals. Because he's a face, he's going to attack the referee. That's logical. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Um, the eight guys then brawl in the ring. And so the finals of this Intercontinental Championship tournament, Glenn, now is two heels... Farouk and Owen Hart battling it out. I don't understand it. I don't know either. I don't understand it. Um, but the, it next, the next segment actually sums up this show completely. You know how much of a Sable fan I am. Oh, yeah. Probably more now than Brock Lesnar is with what was said. Oh, or, he, or she is of him, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like either way, this next segment was crap. Again. Agent Saber plays laser tag with the headbangers. <laughs> Those headbangers might be good at banging heads, but they suck at playing laser tag. Laser tag. <laughs> they are the worst at laser tag. Um, so she beat him. It was a two-on-one. You usually got to pay twice for that kind of action, but Sable won at two-on-one against the headbangers. She beat them pretty easily. Yeah. Um, before that, they showed like a really cool video package, though. Hyping up the, the the Hell in a Cell match at Bad Blood. And I mm. thought it was really cool. So I thought we should watch it. Oh, yeah. Because. Mm. Yeah. Cage no one can enter. Shawn Michaels has his date with destiny. Destiny. A hell no man can escape. Undertaker, I'm going to take you down, put you down, and bury you underneath that ring. There's nowhere to run. There's only one way out. Nowhere to hide. And that's over my dead body. No one to stop the carnage. Who the hell I am? Shawn Michaels, the Undertaker. Hell in a cell. I can never rest in peace. WWF Bad Blood in your house live this Sunday. There's no way you could get in. There's no way you can get out. Boy, were they wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know somebody could rip the door off, did they? 
Uh, but I don't know. I always I say this all the time. But sometimes WWE does a lot of stuff wrong. But video packages ain't one of them. They're uh, the, that's right. Video packages they're always fucking top notch. Always. Not knowing what we know now, that would have sold me on that. Not this oh, show. Yeah. Just that video package. Oh like, yeah. I I would think that even if you're not a wrestling fan and someone showed you that, you'd go, huh? Uh, you yeah, guys are gonna fight inside of a a cage with a with a top on it, and one of those guys is a zombie. I'm not yeah. sign me the fuck up. Yeah, sign me up today. <laughs> yeah. Um, we then see another um <laughs> bad segment of the show. It's uh Brian Pillman's Triple X Files, Glenn. Yeah, well, we we didn't have it. We haven't got any bloody see. He's sunny this week, so we've got sleazy Brian Pillman instead. And um, yeah, the sad, sad thing is, Glenn, how sad I, is this? Is the last is the last appearance yeah. next week? Yeah, announced. Oh, well, after I I was doing something as I watched the end of this this week's Raw. Yeah, I just caught the start of next week's where Vince is basically saying about his demise. Yeah. And I don't know if it's next week's Raw or the one after, but they do. And I hope they cut this out. I really do. Because they did like an interview with Brian's wife and it's really fucking uncomfortable. And if they haven't cut that out, I am going to be taking, <laughs> I'll be taking them to task on that video because I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's a really fucking poor way to exploit someone whose husband just fucking died. No, especially with the storyline that they were telling as well. Oh, yeah. You know, talk about, no, the, the woman is humiliated on screen anyway. Yeah. Then her husband dies. Oh, let's humiliate her some more, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, not good. I really hope they cut that out because yeah. it's not good. Um, yeah. Basically, he's, you know, Martin looks horrified and he's like touching all on her and he appears to be naked. She appears to be half naked. He, but he won't face dude love at bad blood unless they can keep gold dust away from him. But sadly, Brian ain't going to make it to the pay-per-view. So no. they have Dude Love come down to join the commentary team for the next match. And it is the Sultan versus Goldust. And Glenn, why the fuck are we still doing the Sultan gimmick? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> but this is my match of the night. Okay. I, okay, we got to finish in this match. So Exactly. exactly. It was only, what, five and a half minutes of them lumbering around. So not overly long. Yeah, and well, it was a finish to the match. That's more, that's more than we get for anything else in this, apart from the ending. Yeah, I mean, there was some good stuff in here, too. The Sultan landed some good super kicks. And, like, yeah. nothing good for Kishi, nothing against Fatu. Obviously, he's a great fucking wrestler. This is just a terrible yeah. fucking gimmick. It's a gimmick. Yeah, it's the gimmick that's wrong. Not the, not the wrestler. Yeah, he's he's fine. It's just and like when, whenever we watch him, he, he works well. It's just like, yeah. gimmick, it's just silly. And at this point, like where we're headed, it just seems at this point you should drop this and do something else with him. But yeah, who knows? Um, they talk a lot about um, they, they asked you love about how Cactus Jack feels about his match with Triple H. And he said he's a little sore, but he sure did light up the garden, didn't he? So yeah. he continues about that. They also they also tell us during this match, Austin has arrived at the arena. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of talk about the Brian Pillman dude love match during this. Not going to happen, unfortunately. So yeah. um, I wrote that this is a pretty boring match. But in Glenn's point, though, it has a finish. And it was only five or six minutes long. So I'll give it some credit and uh, say it was a little better than I thought it was the first time I watched it. Um, Goldust ends up winning after hitting a bulldog. 
He's seen in the ring, kiss the ring, kissing his wedding ring. Should be rings in there. I got confused. Any other notes on this one, Glenn? Why you try to fight the sun? No, I'm just going to shut this curtain because I can't actually see at the moment. Back now. There we go. Now, now we can see your full face. You got any note? Any any further notes from the goal of the salt match that you wanted to add? No, no. All right, so they do show Austin walking in the back. They say when we come back from break, Austin will be in the ring. Then they show highlights of earlier in the night. Um, Undertaker <laughs> will face Triple H in the main event. We get Pyro, the whole restart. Austin music hits. He comes down to the ring with a mic in his hand. Uh, the King is telling Vince he needs to fire Austin. He needs to do it right now. Austin says if Vince has got something to say, he might as well get in the ring and say it. He tells him he don't. Don't try to big shot me or I will knock your lights out, he tells him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll take taking it in context of the year we're in then and what's going on then. Vince absolutely shit scared and did a good job of it. Yeah, he definitely looked terrified. Absolutely. <laughs> the big gulps he does and the looks yeah. that he has on his face, he definitely does look terrified. Uh Vince asks him, he's like, I don't know whether you're crazy or if you just don't give a damn. He says, I don't give a damn anymore either. He says, no, people in WF aren't going aren't gonna to save Austin from himself anymore. That stops tonight. And then he gives Austin, and then Austin says, well, if you're going to fire me, go ahead and fire me because I really give a rat's ass what you do. <laughs> Austin says, and Vince gives Austin three options. Number one is he gets a paper from a doctor saying he's okay to wrestle, even though that won't happen because no doctor will sign that because he's not fit to wrestle. Um, and then number two is that Austin signs a piece of paper saying that he will not sue the WWF if he gets furtherly injured in the ring. And the final option would be, uh, you know, doing what he has to do in for, in, you know, in terms of terminating Austin. And I think we should hear what Austin thinks about those three choices. Yeah. Well, if I wanted to, son, I'd drop you right on that stack of dimes you call a neck, and you wouldn't have nothing to do about it. You understand that? The snap of my fingers, I'd turn your lights right out. And he means it too. First of all, no doctor knows my neck better than I do. You can look at an x-ray, an MRI, hell, a damn Polaroid picture. It really don't make a damn what a doctor says. Steve Austin makes up his mind, and that's the bottom line. Or you can bring your little paper out here. Maybe I'll sign it, and maybe I'll shove it right up your ass. <laughs> Thirdly, if you decide to fire me in front of the world, I will damn sure beat your ass in front of the world worse than you've ever been beaten in your life. And that's the bottom line, Vince, because Stone Cold said so. <laughs> Talking about Vince's look at the end there, there was a little touch of Mr. McMahon there. Just a little. You could kind of see it in his eyes a little bit. Um, so there you have it. Next week, we'll find out. Maybe Austin will sign the paper, and maybe he'll whoop Vince McMahon's ass. We'll or find both. out next week. Or both. Or both. You won't find out next week. You'll find out in two weeks. But on Raw, you would have found out next week. Yeah. Um, uh, then Austin's, like, messing with Vince's headset after the match. He's ringing the ring bell. <laughs> <laughs> he throws it at you. Yeah, just, just generally... <laughs> being an asshole as the show yeah. as, as the show goes to commercial uh, do you get the feeling that both that with um, 
WCW at this time walking around with this uh, infinite checkbook. Yeah. That both Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin have know that they've got Vince McMahon by the balls. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> because basically Triple H is still on his way up. Taker would never ever do anything to upset Vince. Yeah. And the rest of them, it, it wouldn't matter if they went or came. There's two people that are carrying this show at the moment. That's true. <laughs> I can't <laughs> argue with that. Yeah, I argue with you there. Um so the next match, yeah, oh boy, the Headbangers take on the Los Bariquas. This time it's Jesus and Jose. Um, this match was slow. It was slow. It ended in a DQ. It was nearly 10 minutes. It was absolutely nightmare. It was the fucking go to sleep special. That's what it, it was. was. It was. It, it made me glad that you said this. Have you watched it yet? And that's recalled today. Because this match just gave me an excuse to skim through it rather than watch it because it was that bad. Yeah, I sat through every minute of it. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, yeah, these guys were dressed like they were, they were fucking going out into New York and fucking like like 20 degree weather. I didn't understand why they wore that to the ring. I was so confused. Uh, yeah. Um, you, you definitely suffer for your art, though. I did. <laughs> um, all they did during this match was talk about Austin and the Hell in a Cell match at Bad Blood 2. And I don't blame them because this match didn't have much to talk about. No. <laughs> Finally, mercilessly, it looks like the uh, the Los Pericos are going to become the new tag team champions. But here come the Godwins, Glenn. The Hog Farmers hit the ring. They've even got Uncle Cleanus with them this time. Yeah. And they want to stop this because they are facing the Headbangers for the tag team titles on Sunday, on Sunday and they don't want to lose their championship match. Uh, eventually, the rest of the Los Pericos hit the ring, and yeah. And then more, more distastefulness being hyped on the superstar line, Glenn. They tell us that they have a story that if does gold does blame Marlena for her 30 days with Brian Pillman, or does he really think she's being forced? And JR plugs this as here the information that could tear a family apart. Of course. That's great. Yes. Yeah. So it just doesn't age well. Yeah. Um, I must admit the next bit was good. Uh yeah. The Owen Hart interview. Owen Hart comes out. And he's got a Owen 316. Says, I just broke your neck t-shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. He's also got cops and riot gear out here with him. Because as I told you, Glenn, if you've got a restraining order, they they, they yep. send a legion of cops out with you wherever you go. Oh, course, yeah. We've got that kind of manpower here in America. Mm -hmm. um, Vince asks, what's wrong with him coming down here with that shirt, knowing that Austin's in the building? He says, he's speaking the truth. And he'll do it again. He says in his match at Bad Blood, he says Farouk's a good wrestler, but he can wrestle circles around Farouk. And he only lost the championship because he he beat himself because he showed Austin compassion, and he will be the Intercontinental Champion again. Uh, yeah, he says he made him into a paraplegic. Well, it doesn't look like it when he was running around earlier, Rob. Right. I've, I've been seeing that motherfucker walking, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe for a minute or two he was paraplegic, but he eventually got up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he talks about all the things Austin's done to him. He, he says oh, that everyone the WF 
uh, and everyone in the WF. He says that Vince needs to get Austin the hell out of it because he will destroy everything that you and your father built, he says. And he knows that Vince will do the right thing and won't let Austin stay in the WWF. Um, he then gets up to celebrate on the middle rope after this. And uh, one of his riot cops, unfortunately for him, was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that guy that isn't able to walk. <laughs> he, oh, mama, he's walking because he's in the ring. And he gives he gives him a Stone Cold Stunner. And not only can he walk, he ran because he ran through the crowd as he was fleeing the police. So. <laughs> I don't know how he's not in jail. Okay. Usually they put you in jail for violating the restraining orders. Yeah. At least for a little while. Um, I suppose they have to catch him first, though. I guess. I guess so. <laughs> but he's that fucking Monday Night Raw every week. Wouldn't you just wait for him by the back door? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Um, and also, do are, do restraining orders... I'm not a lawyer or anything, but I don't know if they... I don't know if they extend nationwide. Maybe they do. I don't know. I, never I, don't, know. I don't know how it works. Either. But you think... Uh, uh, how bad things would be if they'd thrown Austin in jail for 30 days. Oh, God, yeah. The show would be awful. Yeah. <laughs> it would be really bad. Um, then, then they come back and they show what Austin did at different angles. And then this made me laugh because they go back to the locker room and Owen's in there laying on the, the medical cart or whatever. He's got Jim Neidhart just hovering over him like this. Looking back and forth, yeah. keeping guard to make sure no one. It was just so weird because my heart's literally like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we get to the main event of the evening. It is Triple H versus The Undertaker. Um, but The Undertaker gets uh, some bad news before the match, doesn't he, Glenn? He certainly does. Yeah, he makes his way down to the ring and he's attacked. First by the Heart Foundation, they start oh, pummeling him. Yeah, I forgot about them. <laughs> I thought you were just referring to uh, the kick. <laughs> oh, they beat him up after that too. Yeah. Luckily, the Patriot Invader came out to make the save from the uh, from the uh, the Heart Foundation. But then, of course, Shawn Michaels and Triple H take this uh, opportunity to start putting the boots to the Undertaker. Um, they really start beating him up, but then he's able to get to his feet while Shawn Michaels is celebrating a little too hard. He takes down. Hunter, he goes after Michaels, but Hunter is able to hit him from behind. Um, short match. What do you think? Yeah. Um, it served its purpose. It served its purpose. This is the one time the DQ finish was acceptable. This is the only match on the car that should have had a DQ finish. Right. Yeah, because they had that whole thing of them all beating down the Undertaker, selling it. You know, the idea is we know. The idea of the Undertaker, he's, he's an undead man. Yes. He's a zombie. He's a zombie. So you knew that as soon as they put him in that body bag, that at one at some point there was going to be a setup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because, exactly. yeah, I mean, eventually Rude comes down there with a briefcase. He hits Undertaker. He hits Taker in the back of the head with it. They start beating him up again. They take a body bag out of the out of the briefcase. They put him inside the body bag. But mm -hmm. as Glenn said, of course, he sits up and bursts his way out of the body bag. Uh, they try to stomp him some more, but Taker is able to get to his feet. He chases the Undertaker up. He chases Michaels up the ramp. Eventually, Hunter does start fighting back up on top of the ramp. But then uh, it was really weird because, like, Shawn Michaels tried to go back through the curtain. 
but there was like red smoke, and so he yeah, couldn't go back through the curtain. I wonder what that was all about. Yeah, that felt more like a cane thing, didn't it? Red, red lights and smoke. Could this be a foreshadowing of something that's going to happen next week? I think that I think I think you're right, Glenn. I think you're right. Um, and so then Shawn Michaels starts climbing up the Titantron, which is the fucking sight. He's literally scaling the Titantron to get away from the Undertaker. The Undertaker grabs Triple H and hits a tombstone on the ramp while Michaels is still climbing his way up the up the uh, Titantron, and that's how the show goes off the air, which was a pretty goddamn good way to end the show. It was. It was. And I, I definitely like that foreshadowing of uh, Kane turning up. It was definitely something. Because um, it would so have definitely, if, even, even if we didn't know about it, would it would have got you scratching your head? What's the Undertaker up to that there's suddenly red lights and smoke? The forces Shawn Michaels to climb up the, <laughs> the scaffolding. Right, right. Because that that's not something we've seen before. At least not with red smoke. I don't think. No. Um, so yeah, but, um, so what do you think, Glenn? How many, does this get one thumb up, no thumbs up, thumbs down, one up, one down? Oh, no, one. Knuckle? No, no, one. Because, uh, because of the two storylines that were carrying on. We've got the start of DX in all but name and Austin MVP 100%. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, if more of the matches would have had finishes, it might get two thumbs up. But because yeah. of the lackluster matches, that's the reason why it only gets one. Um, I don't. I think as we start to go through this more, you start to realize that the wrestling was really secondary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, this was just a, it seems to be that this has been the second pay per view, not in a row, but this second pay per view this year where it's been a really lackluster go home raw. To a page. I think it's been four or five. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's been four or five lackluster yeah. ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. There we have it. Glenn, so let's talk about the ratings on this week on September the 29th. Yes. WWF's went up slightly from 2.32 last week to 2.73. But bad news for them is WCW's went up from a 3.70 to a 4.06. So WCW beat them by a hefty amount again, um, almost double their rating. So, And, Glenn, let's look at some of the matches that we could have watched if we had watched Nitro and Setter yes. Raw. We could have saw Diamond Dallas Page defeat Buff Bagwell. Bill Goldberg had his second ever match where he defeated the Barbarian. Um, a man who's also named Glenn, Disco Inferno, defeated oh, Juventud Guerrero. I, dis- I disown him as a Glenn. <laughs> That's right, pal. Jeff Jarrett bat- defeated uh, former Chicago Bears Super Bowl winner and now Hall of Famer Steve Mongo McMichael. He was, he was yeah. just—he's going to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year. So congratulations to Mongo. He's, he's not got a lot of chance of getting to the WWE Hall of Fame. So probably not. No. Uh, Chris Jericho defeated six by DQ, and the main event of the evening was the Giant defeating Kurt Hennig. For by DQ in a match for the United States Championship, Glenn. So there you go. There's your WCW filling. You got anything else you want to add or put a bow on this thing, Glenn? No. Well, then, Glenn, that means all we need is who you're going to plug. I'm booking the territory with Danny and Rob. Um, the first and last of wrestling. I'm stacking the the, the datatory. 
their little side project where they're going through watching giant haystacks and big daddy matches right through to Wembley 1981 where it was the most watched wrestling match ever with 18 million viewers. DC and Doc are back after their little hiatus through personal issues. Um, that's it. The Doc Do Podcast with Daddy Inside. Check it out. SJP World Media. Mm-hmm. Still waiting on my check. No, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you give the other member of our podcasting, the Mayor of Canton, a follow on the Twitter X. He's at a Mayor with Canton. He doesn't meet with the Mayor every Wednesday where he tries fast food. So maybe so you don't have to if it's bad, or maybe so you can try something new if it's good. I texted him yesterday. And I didn't want to make him mad or anything, but my wife, we stopped at Wendy's for breakfast yesterday, and they did have the new Wendy's breakfast burrito, and it was excellent. (laughs) She let me have one bite, and I was very upset that I didn't get that breakfast burrito instead of what I got, because it was really, really good. So, yeah, check that out. Make sure you check out Sportswire Radio, of course, and give our buddy Thomas Bryce a follow on whatever social media platforms you have, and get on the old YouTube and check them out. Check out their website. It's uh, sportswireradio.org with a Z. Check it out. And I believe that, no, actually that's not all I have. Make sure you check out our other projects. We talked about the show we have out right now, British Oddballs, where we watch a weird British match and talk about the happenings this week in wrestling. And the, I don't know shit, the Life and Times of Psycho City, which at, right now, Glenn, let's look it up. Currently, the newest episode of the Life and Times of Psycho Sid, episode 22, has 1.3 thousand views on YouTube. So check it out if you wow. haven't checked it out already. I don't know what it is. We Some weeks it gets five views and some weeks it gets a thousand. I don't know. But yeah, check that out if you don't check it out already. It's a good time. Um, and this week we're going to be going to the uh, the USWA with Sid. That's going to be some interesting yes. footage to look at. Yeah, there's some interesting matches in that. Is it not, an, not a period of his... Uh wrestling career that I knew much about until I was looking at some of the things that go on the other day. He faces two or three guys that have crime and sports episodes, Glenn. Yes. <laughs> Jeff Gaylord, Jared the King Lawler, Brian <laughs> Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it, people. That is all. The only thing left for Glenn to do is for him to say goodbye. Goodbye.